Welcome to this week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. As always, I am Chris Pullen. And as always, I am Gloria Ackerman. <laughs> this week we will be talking about, well, you never know. I mean, <laughs> it's possible to change. Anyway, um, this week we'll be talking about Season 5, Episode 13, Hawk's Nightmare, and Season 5, Episode 14, The Most Unforgettable Characters. In the background, you might hear some rain because it started just pouring cats and dogs a minute or two ago. And it's not Hawk's Nightmare. It's reality. <laughs> it's, re <laughs> it's reality, folks. Reality. And if all of a sudden we cut out, that's because the tornado came and took us. I'm not Aww. sure how this would get to the internet at that point. But but it will. But it Don't will. worry. It we will. Chris would, will get it there. We would not <laughs> fail you, my dear listener. Chris will get it there. Hawk's Nightmare. <laughs> Speaking of nightmares. It's a two-drink day, folks. Howdy. <laughs> yeah. How's it going? Um, is about just that. Hawkeye has put in. Hawkeye has put in a lot of hours. He's exhausted. Nineteen-hour day. And he is up playing marbles with Klinger. Um, we'll talk about that later. But that's what it's basically about. It's about Hawkeye not being able to sleep. Well, he thinks he's sleeping. He mm. finds out through other people that he's up and out walking around, um, playing zombie basketball. But that's pretty much what the whole episode is about. There doesn't seem to be a back episode or anything. It's, mm -hmm. it's, that's the one topic. Mm -hmm. So let's get to specifics. Yeah. See how um, I said specifics without. Yeah. No, yeah. Good job. Good Thank job. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh -huh. we start in OR and uh, typical OR scene. A lot of, a lot of kids getting worked on and Hawkeye makes the comment. <laughs> We're all pediatricians. Look at them all. They're babies. And it did show their faces. They were all very young. Mm -hmm. And uh, but the typical patient back then was young, wasn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, you're, like you, you'd probably 18. be looking at, yeah, younger kids. Yeah. yeah. It's not like, you know, now where they're in their 20s. They were younger. Yeah. Because, I mean, that was a draft war. And, and people uh, were lying to get in. My dad did. Mm -hmm. And, well, because there was still this, I'm sure, still this kind of glory to right. being in the war from World War II. And we've II. seen that in a couple episodes. Where yeah. Just... And um, two, I think, you wouldn't have seen, like, later in Vietnam where they were running out of right. people because after World War II, the draft pool would have refreshed and you would have a lot of young kids. And there is a cutoff, I think, for draft age. I want to say it's like 25. I don't know if it would have been at that time, but... You know, you would have ended up with younger boys, really. Right. And um, likely, uh, the older ones would be in school somewhere or otherwise engaged in possibly getting draft deferments. So, a lot of young kids. Frank tries to argue that, no, these are young men in their prime enjoying the war. And Hawkeye just, no, they're babies. So that was on his mind. We mm -hmm. have to keep, you know, keep that in perspective on mm -hmm. um and then he gets up for the first time in the episode and uh bj wakens and says what's up and hawkeye just says i'm going out we go to post-op uh he's wandering through yeah uh margaret makes some comment about that and uh frank's like well I yeah. slept too, or I just I, took a nap too. Frank, and eight hours is not a nap. Yeah, 
Yeah. He had a 19-hour day. I had a long day, too. You had a... You slept, Frank. I took a nap. Eight hours is yeah. not a nap. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hawkeye tries sometimes to be superhuman, and I think in doing that, he gets a reputation mm-hmm. as, but he also overexhausts himself and oh, yeah. puts himself in these predicaments where he yeah. can't sleep. Or well, no, we saw that in a couple um, times. Yeah, yeah. The the episode that you thought it was where he didn't sleep for um, three days. I right. think he was up and at it, and they finally ended up. Uh, putting something in his drink right after trying to shoot him with a bunch of sedatives and hitting frank <laughs> instead uh, frank hawkeye, always got hit yeah you know that's the one where hawkeye decides to try and take the latrine <laughs> to north korea as a sign of good faith and he ends up taking uh one of the generals for a ride in the latrine <laughs> so this isn't quite as crazy but yeah. they do call in doctors Sydney Freed. Sydney Freed. Sydney Freedman. Thank you. Yeah. No, um, he, he comes in after Hawkeye uh, wakes up a third time uh, just screaming. And he gets Radar to put in a call to the States so he can talk to his childhood friend. Uh, let's see. Toby we... Wilder. Toby. I, I don't know if this is the one where he calls Toby. He also had a dream about Toby and Nikki, his yeah. best friends. But mm-hmm. I don't know if this is the one where he called Toby. So, let's see here. Um, yeah, he was exhausted, but he keep, kept having dreams of his childhood in Apple mm-hmm. um, Grove. Crab Apple Crab Cove. Crab Apple Cove. <laughs> and tons of memories of his youth. And it's funny mm-hmm. because I know my husband and I have been talking about our youth and memories and they really do hold a spot in you. Oh, yeah. Like, they're part of you. Mm-hmm. So, his yeah. memories of Crab Apple Cove are part of him. And yeah. And to see his his childhood friends in peril and dying had a big impact on him, for sure. And, you know, that's why he wanted to call um, the, the one friend and make sure that he was okay. And because, he'd call, and then they'd say, well, he's just sitting home watching TV. Yeah. And, so, yeah, at that point, Potter uh, puts in a call to Sidney Friedman and gets him to come up to MASH. And I love when Sidney said, do you mind that Colonel Potter called? And he said, no, it shows me that he cares. Yeah. I love that attitude rather than, yeah, I, uh, how mm-hmm. dare he? Yeah, you like, know, there's like Frank different would, attitudes you can have. Yeah, Frank would pitch a fit. Right. I, You know, and I, I was thinking... at. At that point, I was thinking to myself, you know, would I have had that of cavalier of response? Like now, maybe, but not maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a different time. So for him to mm-hmm. have that wonderful response, it showed that he really cared about humanity and even mm-hmm. back then. I'll go ahead and throw in, I think it helps that it was Sydney. Yeah. Because Hawkeye has, buddies. yeah. Hawkeye has a relationship with right. Sydney Friedman. On a level that he doesn't with a lot of other people. You're right. Even Frank. I think he's probably... Um, but it showed how desperate he was. He woke Frank up to yeah. talk about <laughs> his life. Because he just didn't want to fall asleep. Right. So, I mean, he and, was desperate. Mm, that so mm, desperate to wake Frank up and say, Tell me. Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about mm, your life. 
And that's the second time he woke up when he woke up screaming about his friend going down the snow hill on a sled and crashing into a tree. Yeah. Um, called home about that one, which I loved because that ended up in an argument with that friend about thirty-seven dollars mm-hmm. that Hawkeye was sure he paid the guy back. I do not owe you. There it is. No, I y- yes, yes. I, I agree. I borrowed $37, but I paid you back. I always I, pay my debts. Fine, fine. If you're going to be that way, you know what? Thanks for nothing, basically. It, it was, and yeah. he, they called. I mean, he's calling overseas. Yeah. And his concern was $37 and something cents. Yeah. No, I think it was straight $37. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. But, um, you know, yeah, he... He basically wakes up, I think, four times in this episode, um, but, playing basketball after walking through post office one, which then ended up with the, or no, and then the next time he was playing marbles, yeah. and Radar and Klinger got him back to his bunk, and then he woke up screaming about the sledding incident. So I count that as a second time. Right. So we're up to three, and then the other one was about his other friend... Uh, dying in a horrible explosion and being blown to a million bits. Um, yeah. And then Sydney comes up. And it's it's a very interesting uh, interaction to me between him and Sydney. I do too. Well, they're friends. Yeah, they're you friends. You can hear that. You can see that. Mm-hmm. And really, when you know the rest of the series, this is... This is one of many times when Hawkeye and Sydney have this sort of conversation. And I'm not sure how I feel about them. What do you mean? Well, you know, I, I think you mentioned it. Hawkeye is this kind of superhuman character. And it's nice to see him humanized on one hand. But it's always Hawkeye, you know? It's always, always Hawkeye who has these mental breakdowns. It's never BJ. It's never actually Klinger. But that's why the ending is... Oh, right. No, that's why... Appropriate. Yeah, that's why the series end does what it does to you. In fact, Sydney says to him today in this episode, he mentions, you're the most sane man I know. Yeah, if you were crazy, you would sleep like a baby. You know, what is sanity? Is it that you can bury it deeper or is it that you can let it go? You know, mm-hmm. I guess each man's interpretation of what sanity is, mm-hmm. is different. Well, and to Hawkeye... Candy, we... let us know what is sanity. <laughs> well, and you know, we, we hear about Hawkeye's definition a little bit in this episode because when he's laying down with Radar's teddy bear, <laughs> when Radar's putting through the call to his, uh, the second friend, um... Radar makes the comment to Colonel Potter, you know, he's always done so well fighting against the war. And Potter says, don't you mean fighting the war? And Radar says, no, fighting the war against the war. You know, it. for me, it's my teddy bear. For Hawkeye, it's laughing. And I think Potter says, and he's not laughing anymore. It's not working. You know, and that's the thing is Hawkeye always makes a joke out of things you know he's always hitting on nurses and it's his escape and like he says talking to uh sydney 
or or rather as Sydney says talking to him your dreams are your escape and then this nightmare invades your dreams and so your peaceful dreams wake you up screaming and you know after this big nightmare goes away the rest probably will too so I I think the most impactful thing because I think we have the laugh tracks turned on right now is that scene between Hawkeye and Sydney there were no laugh tracks no it was it was a serious moment it was just I didn't even notice that yeah I I can tell you you know it yeah, it, it was nice. And even though there was some comedy in it, because, you know, Hawkeye's like, so, Doctor, what's your professional opinion? And he rambles something off, and Sydney goes, eh, you layman, throwing a law around all that psychobabble. And Hawkeye's like, all right, has my trolley jumped the tracks? Has my cheese slipped off my cracker? <laughs> uh, just a little fishimmel was all. And then he says... Let's play some basketball, <laughs> which is so cool because you have to know that Radar and Klinger were kind of peeking in from from the poker from game. The poker game. Mm-hmm. So they're looking out the window, and here's Sydney who starts the game. Yeah, dribbling. Yeah. Uh basketball. Yes. But there was no ball. No, Just, that's my point. I'm trying to make. They were. I saw it. Not, you did good eyes because I didn't see it. <laughs> they were playing imaginary basketball. It was really cool. He's like, "Let's play a little basketball." So those two are shooting away, and Radar, Radar looks out and he's like, "Ah, uh, Clinger." Huh. No wonder I can't get out of here. You got to get in line to be crazy in this outfit. <laughs> they were nuts. And then the post-commercial uh, scene, I love. Uh, Hawkeye comes out of the swamp. Klinger ends up walking next to him conveniently enough. And Hawkeye says, so, do you think it'll work? What work? The shtick. You know? Wake up screaming in the middle of the night. (laughs) Do you think it'll work, Captain? You're not actually crazy, are you? And... You know what he? Do you remember what he says back to him? What radar or uh, what Hawkeye says back to? Oh, I wrote down his clothes. (laughs) His clothes. Yeah, because he was wearing that adorable church outfit with. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what Klinger was wearing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I love Klinger's outfits. Yeah. So yeah, Hawkeye. After Klinger asks him, it is an act, isn't it? He takes his Hawkeye takes his right hand, sticks it into his over shirt. Uh, takes Klinger's arm with his left arm and says, Mais oui, Josephine, I am as sane as as you. you. (laughs) Which you and Laura both said is a quote from Napoleon. I don't know. (laughs) I don't understand that, but, you know, whatever. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it was very cute. It was very cute. It was a perfect ending. Yep. Uh, Just one funny other funny thing that happened during this episode during his first nighttime excursion uh hawkeye talks to a bunch of people as he does during his second one there's ryan um but he actually uh after playing basketball and talking to Klinger, he then goes off toward the mess tent and two nurses come out and he says to one of them hey do you want to play ball 
And she says, no, I'm too tired. The next morning in the mess tent, oh, yeah, she, came in. she comes in and goes, hey there, screwball. Next time you want to play ball, she says, you know, suggestively, wait until I'm not with somebody. And then she kisses her finger and puts it on his lips. Um, and he didn't remember it because he was sleepwalking. Yeah. She is simply credited as nurse. But um, when Hawkeye walks through post-op, Frank makes the comment about that he's probably after Nurse Abel, able and willing, as I understand yeah, it. So right. it's probably Nurse Abel. Again. Yeah, <laughs> which is, I guess, uh, Patricia Stevens' last credited appearance in the series, so oh. that would fit. Yeah. Hey, what fun facts do they have? I mean, that, that's basically we it. Pretty much talk yeah, okay. maybe we Josephine and Nurse Abel. Okay. That's all the MASH wiki has. Um, guest stars, obviously, Alan Arbus as Major Sidney Friedman. Love it whenever yeah. he's on. I do too. It, it's just great to see Sydney. You know it's going to be something good when Sydney's on. Uh, Sean Roche as Private Burke. Hawkeye's talking to him in post-op. Patricia Stevens as Nurse, possibly Nurse Abel. And Gwen Farrell in an uncredited appearance. Alright, this... Uh, was production this episode was production code u804 so it was actually uh recorded early on in the season it's episode 13 but it was like the fourth one to uh wrap production uh writer bert prelusty prelutzi sorry call us <laughs> bert if we're saying it wrong let us know the direct director bert metcalf and it originally aired December 21st, 1976. <laughs> All right. Next episode. Okay. The most. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead. Okay. So, yeah. Um, season 5, episode 14. The most unforgettable characters. Short synopsis is that um, basically Radar is taking... Uh, a writer's correspondence course from the famous Las Vegas Writers School to try and improve his writing and become more articulate. Uh, it doesn't go off so well, as we see throughout the episode. The B story is that it's Frank's birthday, and uh, Hawkeye and BJ start a fake fight as a present to Frank. Great gift. Yeah, and it all comes together in the final couple scenes. So, Radar tries so hard to be this excellent writer by <laughs> using words that are not in his vocabulary or his even. Yeah. I'm trying to think of some big words to use. To, like, it's. <laughs> yeah. He, he's doing his best, but two things. A, he is using big words that he doesn't understand. And B, B, he's using some incorrect words for right exactly. for for concepts. It, it's obvious from context what he means, but you know there are some phrases that it's just like no, that doesn't work. <laughs> I don't think that word means what you think it means. It, no, good try though. And um, a couple of times, Colonel Potter uh, is, I guess, looking over his shoulder as he's typing up the daily reports to practice for this and he 
finally gets a little fed up with Radar's attempts because, darn it, boy, these daily reports need to be military. Because he was, like, really overselling the daily reports. Frank yeah. Burns is... Well, <laughs> the nice old smiley sun peeked its head above the clouds. <laughs> right, that's how he would begin that. Alas, alas. The silence was punctuated by copious choppers. But the miracle medical marvels worked either alone or together as a team to save the wounded. It's like, and I'm doing a horrible job at being as bad as Radar Radar is at riding. But it was pretty bad. (laughs) You know? Yeah, that's, that's... And then he asked the colonel, what do you think? Your honest opinion. What do you think of my writing? Oh. Well, <laughs> I might not be any Ethel Hemingway. We'll get back to that. Um, but I don't think too much of it. I think the first rule of writing is mm. that if... Mm-hmm. Yourself. Yeah. Raider has this little pamphlet that he got from the famous Las Vegas Writers' School. Huh. That must come later. Must come in a later lesson. Because it's not in this lesson. Mm -hmm. So yeah, when Colonel Potter first finds out that Radar is doing this, um, he goes, ah, so how much do they stick you for? Oh, only only $50 and a $5 student activity fee. Really? $5 student activity fee for a correspondence course. Okay. Um, and the famous writers for the writing school were Hemingway, Steinbeck, and O'Neill. Ethel Hemingway, <laughs> Jerry Steinbeck, and Eunice O'Neill. The great names. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first assignment Radar has for the school, do you remember what it was? Um, let's see. Radar begins writing self he had to do a antidote. An amusing an, an, anecdote. An, an amusing antidote. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. <laughs> so he goes into the swamp to see if the guys have one. Frank and that tells says that too, he wasn't writing his own stories. He yeah. was going around looking for other people's stories. Yeah. Frank had this oh, one about Frank a... Had, yeah, about a... Quote it was unquote, supposed to be amusing. Yeah, about a quote-unquote sickly kid across the way. Who lost control of his wheelchair one day, rolled down the driveway and smashed into his dad's car. So that's Frank's amusing yeah. story. Um, uh, uh, that was after... He's like, don't worry, it didn't scratch the car. No, it, it scratched the car, but what does it oh. matter? His dad has money. Yeah, well, that's right. It did scratch the car. Yeah, but a Hawkeye's um, was first, and it was about how when he was in med school... He was taking an exam, and it was really hard. It asked, how many bones are there in the human oh, hand? And, and he asked himself, how many bones are there in the hand? And he yeah. heard this voice say, 24. And he looked around, and there was this very intelligent-looking gray squirrel sitting on the window. And he pointed at his hand and went, 24. So Hawkeye wrote it down. And as soon as he could, he ran over to the library to check. And would you know it? That squirrel was wrong. He was off by four whole bones. Hawkeye went all across the campus looking for the squirrel, and he found him, and he, and he finally did, and he courted him and said, "You're wrong." 
There are 28 hand bones in the human hand. And the oh. squirrel stood up and went, Oh, in the human hand. I thought you wanted the squirrel hand. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently there's four less bones in a squirrel's hand than yeah. there is in a human hand. I was going to look that up, but I forgot. But yeah, wow. you know, I, it was funny because Red Hair looks at him. I don't think I can use that. And what's Hawkeye's response? What was his response? Oh, you want me to make a story up? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh my. Um in the mess tent I I love it that it is apparently Frank's birthday. Oh and but no one knew, no. first of all. So when he came up looking for tapioca pudding and mm-hmm. they said they had just given the last one to an enlisted man. Yeah. And um yeah, Klinger offers him a double hunk of liver instead and Frank sits down at a table. There's Igor sitting with Hawkeye and BJ. And Frank says, Soldier, I'm confiscating this tapioca pudding. Oh, I, I w- wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, sir. <laughs> and it's something like, um, don't tell me what to do, soldier. And he takes a spoonful. Mmm, raisins! No, Never. sir. Flies. Ooh. Um, and then, you know, Frank gets up and steams out. Uh, radar and he said, I always eat tapioca pudding on my birthday. And that's yeah. how they found out it's his birthday. So yeah. it was sad. Now, by the way, during the Trapper era, Frank's birthday is in the dead of winter. Oh. Because that's the whole deal. You would know that. Yeah, that's the whole deal where Hawkeye has a hole in his boot. Uh-huh. And I think the episode is for want of a boot. Okay. And he's making all these deals. And one of them is to throw Frank. A birthday party. You're and it, right. And they're in their coats, and it's cold, and it's wet. And this looks like it's either spring or summer, because there's green all over the place. Right. And obviously they're not cold. They're not, like, sweltering hot, but... Like they were before, because they were trading for underwear and such. Well, and in fact, Radar, when he's writing up the duty... Uh, the Daily Duty report says that it's June. It's 13 June. So okay. this is definitely nowhere winter. near winter. This is basically the polar opposite of where winter falls. But, you know, it's good to find these things. Yeah, you know, it, it happens. Time adjustment. Um, but uh, That's all right, because Klinger loses a lot of parents, too. And yeah, <laughs> and siblings. And siblings. Um, but anyway, in the mess tent, uh, Radar then asked Father Mulcahy about his most unforgettable character, which, by the way, every time I hear that, it's like, ah, that's the episode title! They worked in they it! Worked. <laughs> anyway, Mulcahy's... Funny. Yeah. Mulcahy says that his most... I'm gonna unfor- do that from now on. I'll say, oh, Chris, I got it! <laughs> okay. So, Father Mulcahy, who is his most unforgettable character? His sister, sister, I don't know, Teresa. Teresa. <laughs> yeah, sister Teresa, Benedictine nun. She can slam dunk even with a heavy habit on. <laughs> um, for Frank's birthday, what do Hawkeye and BJ? I'd love to meet father's um, parents. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry, I have my head's going somewhere else. <laughs> Two drink episode, folks. Enjoy. Um, Hawkeye and BJ, what do they give Frank for his birthday? A fight. 
a fight. I think that's a great idea because Frank loves it, actually. Yeah. It's probably the best gift he's ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't get along. Yeah. And they each went to Frank for a friend. Yeah. And what a better... You can't get a better gift than that. No. And Frank loved it until, you know, dumb radar <laughs> screws it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they were fighting, but I think Hawkeye got made it a little more intense than it was. Yeah, well, and, you know, after Frank tells him a few of the things that BJ had been saying, Hawkeye gets a little offended, and a few, like a scene or two later, he kind of, him and BJ are talking, and he kind of confronts BJ about it, and honestly, I think that scene never makes the TV airing. Because I think the last scene does in this case. But I wonder if we watch this one other time. Because I remember seeing the scene before. I don't but know. But we might have watched it. We might you know. have just randomly. Right. But, because yeah, I really don't think that that scene where it's Hawkeye and BJ. Makes it onto the. Makes it onto TV. Because really, if you take that out, you don't lose anything. Right. From the episode. In fact, I almost think that that scene detracts from this episode how it all it is is um them getting a little steamed at each other right and hawkeye showing that he can't let somebody else get the last word in and he can't uh, but that's all the scene that's does. all the scene does yeah. you know it doesn't advance anything so i really think that that's probably the scene that they cut out of this for the tv edit probably because in the uh, run of the episode, at the end, uh, first of all, we have the what would normally be the pre-last uh, commercial scene, where Radar comes in for some advice, and the guys are fighting, and he mentions, you know, I come in here to feel good about myself, and, and because you guys are such great friends, and that's when he ruins it for Frank, because BJ and Hawkeye said, oh, we were just fighting for... Frank for, for his birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, Frank. Oh, and I loved it. And you, you he, little brat, you ruined, ruined it. it. <laughs> Sorry, needed yeah. to do that together. But then, in what would normally be the post-commercial scene, what we see is Radar trying something else. And what does, what does he try instead of writing? I can't think. Frank ends up losing a watch. Oh, Magic. He tried magic. Yeah. But Frank ruins the whole thing. Yes, he does. He's like, I've seen this before. Yeah, Radar borrows a watch from Frank, puts it in a little felt cloth, and then, yeah. He's supposed to switch it out, of course. But Frank grabs it. So, actually, Frank destroyed the watch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And said, I've seen this before. You switched it. And now you just, and he smashes his watch. (laughs) You creep. (laughs) That was from a whiplash patient. It cost me or it was worth fourteen dollars, <laughs> but um, uh, Hawkeye and BJ were just hilarious because they're mm-hmm. like, "But you did it!" Yeah, <laughs> it's time for you to learn it's your next time. trick, Radar. <laughs> Disappear run! into thin air. Um, and then also in this episode, what I would call almost like a C or a D plot is uh, Klinger's little deal. Where he sits down in the middle of camp. Oh, yes, because he's outside trying to get out up. and burn himself. Yeah, he has what I'm guessing is kind of a traditional Lebanese garb. 
Almost looks like a dress with a hat on, but... And he's just going to burn himself. Yeah, he has this gas can that he pours over himself. He's going to light a match. Mm-hmm. And uh, Radar and Potter are trying to talk him down. And they at least stall him. He gets up, agrees to go to Colonel Potter's office. As he's walking past, Colonel Potter gives him a pat on the shoulder, smells his hand, and then leans over to Radar and whispers something. Which now um, we know, but... Yeah, and then they go into Potter's office. Uh, Klinger sits down. I'll take anything you got, Colonel. Medical, psychological. I don't care. Just get me out of here. Klinger, it's not in my power. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the final word. Klinger huffs back out. Pours the can over himself again. And then all of a sudden sputters and goes... Who put gas in my gasoline? <laughs> Nobody! Get that cigar away from me! Oh, Nobody light a match! <laughs> and so, he jumps he, up and does what? He had what? Well. What? He jumps up. After he pours the gas on himself, he jumps oh, up. Oh, and, and runs to the shower. Yeah. Where there was women in the shower. Of, yeah. Oh, one. One nurse. One poor little nurse. I thought yeah. there was going to be a whole bunch running out. It was funny. Yeah. I, you know, I'll give this to them. Um, she came out with steamed up glasses, so it looked like, like she, was she was actually. Like she was in the shower. So that was, that was. But she had a total on her head and her body. She didn't have enough time for that. Okay. I didn't so, notice on the head, but yeah, I noticed Yeah, she had a toe on her head and around her body. Okay. And I thought, okay, if you're going to just run out, you're not putting a toe on your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you would have one wrapped around. You would have one just wrapped around your body. Yeah. So. And so, I, you know, that was mm-hmm. my thought. But yeah, that's really all we hear, I think, about Klinger in this episode. So that's why I say it's like a C <laughs> a or a C D, D plot. A C D plot, but... It's really far down. It's just one scene. But Klinger... Is his own, like, you could do a whole show on Klinger, I think. Then we do at times. I mean, like the one right. where he gets the pulsating record. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's kind of the central Part plot going on there. Yeah. Right. But, um. Mostly yeah. in the background, because yeah. that's who he is. Him and mm-hmm. Father, they got their mm-hmm. comeuppance at the end. Yeah. So, I think that's really it out of this episode um two good episodes come join us yeah um, what you think so a few things about this episode oh good and fun facts yeah not not per se other than that this was shot a lot of this episode was shot on location so we actually have a lot of extras like playing basketball or baseball or doing stuff outside um, just like last episode, we see a lot of stuff that, in the background where you can see like the hills. So it was okay. obviously on location. Um, we have uncredited appearances by Jeff Maxwell, Kelly Nakahara, Glenn Farrell. Who's Jeff Maxwell? Igor. Oh, okay. And Mary Peters. The production code for this was U818. The writers were Ken Levine and David Isaacs. Director was Burt Metcalf, and this originally aired January 4th. 1977. I can tell you who a writer was not, and that would be Radar. <laughs> because, you know, the writing okay, Nice. That's funny in my head. Okay, Sorry. never mind. <laughs> Did, didn't quite... It didn't Didn't quite make translate. it out of the gate. Okay, never mind. <laughs> Onward. Onward. Thank you, everyone. Let us know what you think. How can they get a hold of us, Chris? 
Do you not remember? Narclan Inc. There you go. <laughs> Head over to narclaninc.com. <laughs> go to the podcast section. Go to the Whiskey and Mask page. Right now, there are links on that page for both the show email, so you can email us directly. And at please the show. do let us know that you're watching or listen or listening and yeah. Otherwise, uh, there's also a link there for our Facebook page. Otherwise, you can just go to facebook.com slash whiskey and mash. Find us there. We always post uh, a little thing on there whenever we get a new episode up onto iTunes, which also feeds, um, like I use, oh, what do I even use on my phone? Evans. It's, uh, I'm going to look because I like it. It's a nice little program. Podcast Republic. That's what I use on my phone because I have an Android. So, you know, go over to iTunes or through your favorite podcast application. We're out there on the podcast feeds. Just search for Whiskey and Mash. Uh, you should be able to find us on Stitcher. I still need to get a link out there for that on the website. Otherwise, the other thing you can do is if you don't do the podcast thing or you would rather stream us, you can find all of our back episodes and current episode on Narclan Inc. slash Whiskey and Mash, the Whiskey and Mash podcast page. We have all the episodes as MP3 files there on the webpage. Feel free to download those or uh, stream them right from the webpage. But if you enjoy this show, if you are a new listener or a longtime listener and you are enjoying it, the one thing that you could really do to help support this podcast is share us. Yeah. You know, get a friend, a family member, a co-worker, somebody who you would think would, at the very least, enjoy listening to two people who have been having a couple whiskey and Cokes uh, babble on about MASH. But we really think it's a great show. We think that there are a lot of uh, still salient social commentaries in the show. That's why we do this, because we love it, and we think there's stuff in it that's worth watching Disgusting. and observing. Right. Join the conversation. You know, email us, find us on Facebook, leave some comments, because we would love to see this become more of a community than just the two of us talking out into the internet. Thank uh, you. I agree. You know, not that we don't like it. That's, you know, we started it just because we'd like to talk about MASH, but we would love for it to become a conversation. So join us in that conversation. We encourage you. In the meantime, I guess, I'm Chris. I'm Gloria, and we'll see you next have time. Have a great week. Yeah. Pressing buttons for the outro music. Have a good week.